Welcome into a special edition of Defeating the Curse, talking U.S. men's national team soccer, the Outlaws. Dan, joining us tonight, been watching soccer for a while. Huge, Ar- uh, oh, he's not an Arsenal fan, my fault. He's a Chelsea fan. Ooh, how could I do that? John's also joining us, the Falafel King himself. Barca fan. Uh, there's not really much else to say about that. And of course, Mr. Semi Pro LP. This one's going to be a lot of fun, folks. All right, gents, here we go. LP, first impressions from what you saw last week. Guys, I got to start with, I was not happy at all with the lineup against Mexico. I mean, what was Bruce doing? Why would you start with this? Seven changes. Why would you start with that? That is there's what only is top one, of mind. There's only one topic and one person to start with, and it's not Bruce Arena. Which is Christian Pulisic of is course, amazing. Of course, of course. But... But listen, what would have happened? Well, first of all, Christian Pulisic didn't do anything in the Mexico game. What oh, would no, have no, happened no, no. No, if that game had switched a little bit? No, that LP, game had turned a little bit. No, don't say he didn't do anything. He was tracking back the whole game. Bruce had put in a defensive unit. That was his focus. He was trying to get the point, right? He had a uh, Jose Marino um, uh, coaching moment, right? He was doing su- uh, survival mode. And Christian Pulisic was... He was quiet, but he was doing a lot of tracking back from, from his forward position. Um, and he wasn't as fantastic as the brace he scored against Trinidad, but he still put in the work and, and linked up well. And he almost won the game when he hit the, when he hit the post uh, in like the 80th minute uh, off of a, a beautiful move in, uh, outside the box. So, uh, you know, it was, he, he played a good game. Hey, he was, the story. Right. He was right. the story last week. He was absolutely the story. But what about, I mean, so I, I feel like Christian has become a guy that we can depend on as U.S. men's national soccer team fans. He's essentially He's the, the opposite kid. of Josie, right? He's yeah. the opposite of Josie. But to, to that point of Josie, why didn't Josie play at all? Because he Bruce stinks. was in this clogged the midfield and hoped for, it almost seemed like he was either hoping for a, a draw or just going to concede. He was no, not playing no. to win the game. No, the, the reason Josie didn't play, and Bruce talked about this after the game, was it was an unprecedented – they had three days between games. They were playing away from home. They were playing at altitude. Christian Pulisic, who is – Bruce Arena said is their fittest player, he was ragged at the end of the game. And Josie Altador has never played more than two games in a row. So after the last game where he had a lot of minutes – uh, he didn't want to risk injuring him, you know, bef- you know, before going into his next season. So, uh, you know, he played some of the younger players. He made, to be honest, I don't mind the substitutions he made because unlike in the Klinsman era where substitutions were made at like 
the very last minute. Like players always talk talk about now how they didn't know what their assignments were, what formation they were going to play, what style of play they were going to they were going to uh, employ. With Bruce, he had a plan in place. Three weeks out, everyone knew what position they were playing, when they would be getting on the field, and and he and he had and he had a method to it. So I had no problem That's with a it. Lot of love. Not playing jo- a lot of Bruce. Love, I get it a lot. Joe, Josie's definitely lost his his touch after he left the Premier League. I, I mean, you saw it. He almost blew the game for the U.S. at the end of the game. That touch he had outside of the box. It was Yedlin. Yedlin turned over the ball and it almost gave up the game. He, he's lost his step. I don't think he's should be starting going forward at all. But at the same time, Bruce was playing long ball. Who better on the U.S. men's national team to hold that top line other than Josie? I mean, Bobby Wood. He's just not going to do that. Josie's a possession guy. He can at least get that ball at the top of the circle, kind of hold it, let Christian Pulisic make his run, let any of the other uh, wingers make a run. And just, I mean, that's that's kind of what he's done his whole career. He's just, it's he's a big guy Bruce that can hold possession. Career, right? Bruce, for the, yeah. for the life of him, I, he's been a long ball guy. Like, have we not, have we not as a team, as a national team, progressed even just a little bit over the last we have. 10 years? Regressed, uh, not progressed. I will. I'm gonna. I'm gonna agree with LP because of the the offensive uh, uh, elements that Mexico brought to the game, and we were more in a defensive mindset. LP's right. We had no choice then to play the long ball and try and catch him on the counter. But in the Trinidad and Tobago game, and I was I was texting back and forth with Dan on this. I saw the U.S. men's team do something I haven't seen them do in ages, and I saw them build from the back. I saw them link up. Four or five one-touch passes from the back line through the midfield to the forward line, and it was beautifully strung out. And I had not seen that once during the Klinsman era. So you know, yeah, I'm not a fan of long ball. Obviously, you know, I'm used to watching the Barcelona style of play and a lot of the the higher end international play. But uh, I thought that you know they played as best as they could against uh, against the Mexico team. That's that's you know. Clear, uh, far and away clear in, 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 uh, in the hex. So Yeah, and, and yeah. This, this wasn't a must win. I mean, it was nice that they came out with a point, but I like that Bruce is committing to the youth movement and he's committing to the next generation of players. Um, like I've been, I've been saying to Joe and John for a long time, USA 2026. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's going to happen in our lifetime, boys, but that's my target, 2026, and it could be here in the United States. But I, I like that Bruce is committing to that youth movement. Um, I, I'm I'm kind of done with Josie and and, and Deuce. I, I think you know. Oh, they, what? Deuce, crazy. Deuce, Deuce, Deuce is going to be there for this World Cup, but his this is this is it for him. I mean, I, I like giving the giving the youngsters the chance in these qualifiers. And one like, yes, we took the point in Mexico. And this isn't the must-win. The must-win's coming up against Honduras and Panama. That's but right. I like that he instilled that confidence in the youth in this Mexico game at, at the Azteca. And it worked out. They, I mean, they, they took a point from the game. And I was telling John throughout the game, I'm like, towards the end, they just got to park the bus and take the point. And that's what they did. Oh, they parked the bus. But, but we this, almost got the win. Bradley hit the post and... and, and uh, Christian Pulisic hit the post. I mean, yeah, we almost, created, we almost pulled the three. They created two really nice chances at the end of the game, but throughout the first half of, of the of the match, uh, it, it was pretty bad possession wise. Mexico, I think, was seventy five twenty five on possession. So yeah, 
the chip shot definitely saved us in the first half and carried us through the game. But um, I, like the the, I like the commitment to the youth. I, I think Michael Bradley should have retired after that chip shot. I think he should have done like a stanza, <laughs> throwing his head, hands up in the air and left on a high note and said, all right, I'm out, because he'll never have a greater play than that chip shot uh, from, you know, basically midfield. Uh, I've never been a big Michael Bradley fan, and I know USA fans would, would jump all over me for saying that. He just doesn't inspire inspire me when I watch him, right? Like, he just, from the midfield, yeah, you know, I, I feel kind of like he was withdrawn. Uh, Klinsman had him playing too far up, uh, and he wasn't his best self. But uh, I've never been like I know he's gonna go down as one of the great you know U.S. midfielders, um, but I think that's also you know kind of a testament of the U.S. soccer program in general that someone like Michael Bradley is gonna be considered you know one of the greatest players ever uh, you know from U.S. men's soccer. Well, if you consider him great, great or not, if you even if you don't consider him to be great, he's been consistent. I mean, he's played. Yes, he he he's been consistent, and and Jurgen played him maybe too far forward. His dad played him too far back, you know. So he's he's just he doesn't have a position to me, right? When he he played a little bit, uh, I forget who he was playing for. He played for Milan or for Roma. I forget who he played for. Um, yeah, he played abroad. for Roma. Yeah, like he he had some some sustained success there also in in that midfield role. So I mean, he's he's not going to wow anybody with the exception of that shot. But he's been consistent. And for a team that's had, I mean, turnover at the top now, uh, I mean, this is his third coach, I mean, essentially at the national level. Um, it's, I mean, he's, he's he holds down the midfield. Like, I don't worry about him, per se. Whereas, you know, the defensive, you know, let, let's switch gears here. Let's yeah, talk is, about yeah, the worst performance. Let, let's talk about the, we talked about some of that. I don't, the, well, hold on. I don't get the Michael Bradley hate. Before we go to worst performers, I do want to talk about defense a little bit and give some credit to Je- to Jeff Cameron. Yes, he had an amazing, amazing game on the back line. He should have um, been man of the match. He, I, I was telling John this throughout the game. I'm like, the man of the match should be Jeff Cameron because he he was swiping balls the entire match, and he doesn't get a lot of credit. And I just wanted to give him credit for this during this match, and he's solid for Stoke in the in the EPL, and I think he's he's going to be someone we can depend on. Uh, hopefully when we make uh, qualify for the World Cup. Do you feel better now? Can we go back to the Michael Bradley point for a second? Who would you put in the midfield over Michael Bradley? Midfield's got to be the weakest spot on this team. I mean, uh, but I, I, mean I think Kyle Beckerman is awful. Yeah. Nick Stiskerud, um Just, it's not a good, we're not, we're not stacked at all midfield. For playing five midfielders, I mean, we're just well, not I that good. You, you got to go Michael Bradley. Darlington Nagby is going to be our best uh, midfielder, our best attacking midfielder. Nobody, I mean, he plays nobody on the wings. was trashing He can't Bradley. play in the center. I'm just saying he's consistent. But, but he was tracking back and forth. Oh, check the one Jason Lockenforo's Twitter. I'm sure you'll get plenty of trashing there. Who is Jason Lockenforo with regards to soccer? John, actually the one midfielder. The one midfielder. Jason Lockenforo is a huge soccer fan. Whatever. Yeah, I do follow him on Twitter. He does he, he does tweet about soccer a lot. But the one the one youngster we need to keep an eye on is is Gideon Zalalem. He's gonna be from Maryland. He's he's gonna be the midfielder that's gonna be the the stud. And didn't his leg just explode? Didn't if he doesn't get ruined by unfortunately, curse and just tore his ACL playing for the U twenty three Arsenal team. But that's 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 the next way. But going back to Bradley, I mean. He's not. He's not going to be too high. Not. Not going to be too low. He's just a consistent guy that we that the U.S. needs in the midfield. And I, I think, 
I, I don't. I, I'm not complaining too much about him. He's the metronome. He keeps the he keeps the rhythm. He keeps the beat. Um, and, and he can play within Bruce's system. Yeah, that's exactly right. That's exactly yeah. Opie's right. He can play within Bruce's system. But at the end of the day, as much as I would love and I would cry tears of joy that would be everlasting if the USA ever won a World Cup. We are never going to win a World Cup until we begin developing world-class players. Compare, uh, like we're going through our roster, and there, with the exception of Christian Pulisic, who, who on this roster excites you? Who else makes, makes a meaningful impact you know, on the highest level of, of the world. We have people, we have players who play in MLS and Le- uh, Liga MX, right? We don't, you know, we, you know, we've got, you know, maybe one or two EPL players on the squad. And then you look at France, they've got Mbappe, Dembele, probably the, the two hottest youth prospects. Conte. <laughs> yeah, they've, Conte, they've got uh, Kareem Benzema, who's considered washed up at Real Madrid, but any team in the world would, would love to have him. They've got Giroud. They've got Joe's boy, the, you know, the French Barbie over there. They've got Umtiti. They've got Paul Pogba. Look at that freaking team and compare it to we got Bedoya. But, John, there's a, there's a tradition of soccer there, right? Like, you can't it's – not, it's not – I don't think you can just compare them. Look at how far the U.S. men's national team has come since, like, the 94 World Cup, right, with Kobe Jones and Alexi Lalas and – all that crazy stuff that that was pre MLS, like they've they've they have come a long way. At one point before, I think it was uh, I forget which World Cup, South African World Cup, um, we were ranked in the top twenty in the world. Like they, they've made progress. Now, say what yeah. you will about Jurgen, they made they took a step back towards the end of his uh, his reign or his his uh, whatever you want to call it. But uh, I, I'm not a big Bruce Arena guy. I think you guys are giving him a little bit too much credit, too much love. Um, but the the what, young dude, he's undefeated since he's taken over the program. He, here's what nothing, I'll say about Bruce: he, nothing has changed. He ha, as a coach, as a coach, he hasn't evolved at all. Here, here's what I'll say: under Jurgen, the players lost respect in Jurgen. They didn't play for him. They didn't care for him. They thought he was a dick. Under Bruce, you can see after the game, people Is words it, like respect came along. Words like we feel like we're a team together. We feel like we're in this together. All these types of things that bring up a you, team. Uh, you, you know, you know who wasn't feeling the love? Uh, Clint Dempsey because he got pulled. What, yeah, what was Bruce doing true. there? What was Bruce doing there? He definitely cussed him out on the way on the yeah. way out on sidelines. <laughs> dude, he's thirty-four. Does he expect to play all ninety minutes? He's he well, he's he's one. He wanted goal to get away. his goal. He he's, wanted to get his goal one goal, away. and he didn't pull him and like I, at the eightieth minute. He pulled him like at the sixty-fifth. He was definitely pissed on that cross when Pulisic took the the slide into the goal. They both slid right right next to each other. So. But he was definitely I mean, he was more pissed at Bruce for pulling him. Chris is faster than him. <laughs> yeah. Well, but yeah, Bruce, he didn't play. At, he didn't play at all in Mexico. He shouldn't have pulled. One he didn't play at all. You pull him if you're going to play him in Mexico, but he didn't even play him at all. I, I do agree w- with with Bruce. He's definitely a player's coach, and and the players respect him. One thing I did like about Jurgen Klinsmann is he really appreciated the fact that. Or he, he pushed players to play in Europe, so in the EPL, in the Bundesliga. That's one thing that I know some people disagree with, and they you know they try to push MLS. But if, if the U.S. is going to raise itself to a world level and compete, their players need to be playing in the best leagues. So that's one thing I really appreciate about Jurgen. He, 
to a point he kind of disrespected the MLS, but our players on the men's national team need to be playing in Europe. That's No, that's he was he was players. right. Uh, listen, I, I, I actually absolutely hate Jurgen Klinsmann, but he was right. MLS, MLS is trash. I can't even watch a full MLS game. I've been to five DC United games, and I've left everyone asking myself, why did I waste two and a half hours coming to the stadium? It's, it's a trash product. It's like, it's like watching uh, uh, women's uh, college basketball. Uh, it's like, why, why would you even do it? <laughs> it's getting better, though. I, I, I mean, I can't, I, I'm not as into it as I am with the EPL or, or, or uh, La Liga, but it's, it, the product is getting better. The players are developing, and we're getting, I mean, we're still getting the old talent come over from Europe, but it's helping. It's helping develop the league. I, I just I mean, don't understand with our infrastructure, with the money. Do you know how much money we spend on youth soccer for my two boys? We spend over $7,000 a year for my two boys because we have a pay-to-play system here in the U.S. And I'm going to go on a tangent here about U.S. development here. We could put a freaking man on the moon, right? We put a line in the sand, we put a man on the moon, and we can't get youth soccer in the United States to work. Yes, I know we have big geography and it's a huge land mass and we have a lot of different things going on for us. We have other sports to take the time to get a safer play. But I think Sunilati is he needs to leave. He is our set bladder. He is ruining soccer in the US, hiring Jurgen Klinsmann, which by the way, if you act ask any of the players in Germany, has almost zero tactical expertise. And I forgot who it was from the former Bayern player who completely trashed him, saying he had nothing to do with our success. Mm-hmm. Right? I think it, he's, was it that Philip Lom? Philip Lom, yes, it was Philip yeah. Lom. Yeah, and because he's he's theoretical. Yeah, he was right about MLS. Yeah, go play in Europe. And to be fair, the best player on our team, Christian Pulisic, he wasn't developed here. In fact, his parents freaking moved to England, and he and he developed over there. And that's and that's where he got you know I mean it's obviously his, his father played for George Mason and, and his mom played for George Mason shout out to to the people who went there um, but thank you yeah, and, you know go Patriots yeah go 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 Patriots so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well look we you so th- there's a lot to dissect here um, it, I find it a little ironic that the guy who cheers for the uh, best team in the world. Uh, as you as you said, which competes against nobody or com- competes essentially against two teams. Don't 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 go don't go down this tangent. the MLS because it's not. La Liga has dominated. I'm European just saying. Football we do for the we can, last five. Weeks. We can do don't a whole show. We can do a whole show about uh, Celta oh, we'll Vigo right and Mallorca and the old, the whole bunch of other teams. Oh right, that, because because Sunderland and Newcastle are such great teams. <laughs> those oh are God. neither one of those is a top flight team. But I digress. You're just let's saying. Let's save that for the, another day. That's, yeah, that's, that's a whole separate. That is for another day. I, I, let's, <laughs> we talked about Bruce. We talked about the best performers. There was a couple shout-outs here. Off, one offense, one defense. Um, but there was some also some terrible performers last week. Um, LP and I were texting <laughs> back and forth about a few of them. Um, but, Bedoya, number one. <laughs> Bedoya. Can we? Tripped over himself. Why is he still on this team? He couldn't even stay on the field for four seconds before falling down. <laughs> That's it's embarrassing. Imagine if that happened in the World Cup, we would be just the shame of Twitter for for weeks. 
<laughs> I mean, but Bedoya did not have uh, he did not have a good week. He didn't have a good. I mean, he he just I I don't know why he's still on the team. I don't know why he's still getting minutes. But I, I'll tell you, um, somebody that I I thought didn't perform very well, or I'll say as a unit, the, the goalkeepers, and and Paul and I we went back and forth about this. I'm not a Tim Howard guy. I'm just not. Um, I, I'm shocked that they still haven't been able to find any. Actually, have, have... Go ahead, Dan. There is there is news on the goalie on the keeper front for U.S. Jesse Rodriguez, oh, Jesse uh, Jesse Gonzalez. Gonzalez, sorry. Um, the keeper for FC Dallas is he's about to be switched from uh, Mexico to the U.S. side. So that's the that's the only keeper I've heard of uh, a, a youth a youthful keeper that's going to be coming up to take the, the spot of Howard and and Guzan. Um, They're the same guy. Not. Yeah, I mean, Tim, those guys. Tim and Brad are the same guy. They're the same guy. Um, yeah. They're both over their prime. I mean, yeah. let's be honest. One They're yelled, a little bit on the other side. One yells at everybody. Did Guzan ever have a prime? Yeah. Why? He, he. Yeah. When Tim Howard took his like leave from the team for. Uh, did Guzan ever? Have... What's the question, John? Did Guzan what? He, never Guzan, had a prime. He's probably one of the slowest reacting goalkeepers I've ever seen in that. <laughs> I mean, are you I, I actually think Tim Howard could have, could have stopped that goal against Mexico. Yeah, I actually think so. I actually think he would have had a better. He would have at least been able to get a touch on it. Or his Tourette's would have kicked in, and he would have yelled at someone to mark their man. <laughs> uh, the U.S. We got. We got to get better. We got to get better. Is Bill Hamid a, a U.S. citizen? Can can we call him up? Does anyone know what his nationality is? Yes. Yeah, he is actually. He's he been actually, called up before. He's been called up. He just hasn't found favor in the U.S. system. Why? I think why? Actually, Can we start a petition? Can we do a change.org petition and get him? Get Nick Romando has taken his spot. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I mean, what does it matter? I mean, you carry three goalies. The third goalie is never going to play. Well, I'm just That's saying right. that uh, as, right. if he's the third goalie, I would like to see him. I'd like to see him get a shot. You know what you're going to get with Tim Howard. He, he's going to save some. He's going he's gonna to miss a whole bunch. Guzan just never really... He, I mean, he's not as good as Howard, but he's also just flat out not that good. Um, I mean, they got to try something different. They just have well, to. Guys, ultimately, ultimately, I think the round round of sixteen is going to what be what defines success for the men's national team, probably from here until maybe twenty twenty six. I'm telling you, twenty twenty six, boys. Okay, so let's go through some expectations. Wait, here. can we quick? Can we say mm-hmm. we're getting tattoos if the U.S. wins the World Cup? USA World Cup tattoos. No, twenty twenty six. We're going to wherever the World Cup is, and I, I have a feeling it's going to be in the United States. Dan, it's going to be in the United States in twenty twenty two because Qatar is going to lose it with all everything that's going on over there. <laughs> yeah. Wait, are we getting very DTC likely. tattoos, or are we getting uh, you like what are we getting? Get out of here. What are we getting? First of all, of? I want to just state for the record that I hate all DC sports. I hope you guys never break the curse. <laughs> this town deserves to be cursed for as long as as you guys live. John, I'd like to say you are officially kicked off this podcast. You can go ahead and hang up now. <laughs> DC sports fans, the only fans in the world that will come to Giants fan after we win the Super Bowl and say, yeah, but we beat you in the regular season. We did oh, beat you in the regular you. season. We did beat you. We're the better team. We, we are the better team. Let's go back to soccer because oh, we man. didn't mention one thing. The World Cup starts in exactly 364 days. Who's excited? I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready for Confederation I wish I could show you my shorts right now because I'm I'm pitching a tent. <laughs> I know. Can we can we please talk about 
what the what we expect the United States men's national team to do over the next month. Expectations. What are the next two matchups, so, Dan? So the next two matchups we've got. Um, let's see. So well, we have the Gold Cup, but they're going to send the second team basically to. And so is Mexico. Uh, fill in the for the World Cup. Um, what's Mexico? We playing in the Confederations Cup, so the Gold Cup this year is whatever. Um, so as far as qualifying, the next two matches on September first, we got Costa Rica at home. And then September 5th against Honduras. And then the biggest game is coming up this game is on October 6th against Panama. They're currently in fourth place right behind us. We're sitting there in third with eight points, and they're sitting at fourth with seven points. So the top three teams obviously qualify for the World Cup. Um, that game against Panama is, <laughs> is, is huge. Does anyone have any confidence that if we get fourth place, we'll be able to win a playoff game? No. I have zero. Zero. Absolutely zero. Zero confidence. Zero. Especially if it's... The DC yeah. curse lives past DC and into U.S. men's national team. Yeah. <laughs> I do not wish that upon the U.S. national team. But hey, if the Cubs can do it, then the DC teams can do it. That's right. Okay, so let's just go around the horn here. Yeah. Dan, are we going to make it to the World Cup? Yes or no? Yeah, absolutely. We're, we're definitely going to make it. LP, are we going to make it to the World Cup? No question. John, are yes. we going to make it? And Bruce, we trust. My goodness, there's a lot of confidence tonight. Okay. Uh, last. Oh, go ahead, Dan. That, that game against Panama is also in Orlando, so it's a home game. So that's good. Well, it's supposed to be. Oh, well, it's Orlando. Yeah, I mean, I don't know yeah. if against Panama it's considered a home game. <laughs> yeah. uh, whatever. You know what I mean. All right, final thoughts. Let's go, John, first. Um, final thoughts. Um, I think we're going to qualify. I think if our players can play as a solid unit um, and we can be dangerous on the counter, and, and Christian, I think Christian Pulisic could have his breakout went on the world stage, even though he kind of did that in the Champions League this year. Um, we get a couple of lucky breaks. I, I think we make it to the, the round of 16, and, and at that point, anything can happen, right? At that point, anything can happen. We could do a, we could pull a draw and, and win in penalty shootouts, but I, I don't think we'll go much further than the round of 16 just because we, we just don't have the talent. To... All right, Dan. What but I believe. Dan. I believe. Dan, give me something. Yeah, um, yeah, they're, they're definitely going to qualify for the World Cup. Um, we're, we're kind of at a transition period in U.S. men's soccer. Um, you know, the old guys like Clint Dempsey and, and, and uh, Josie, they're, they're on their way out. The, the youth are they're really young right now. Um, so I, I don't think this is our – 2018 in Russia will be our year um, to advance beyond the round of 16. Um it's depending on the draw. They're going to really ha have a hard time, probably in the group stage as well. But again, transitional year in 2018. I think um, 2022 and 2026 will, will be when we can make some more damage. But real quick, my thoughts on the Confederations Cup. I think um, the final is going to be Portugal, Chile. Uh, Ronaldo's playing world class. Oh my God! Get out of here! I'm <laughs> taking. I'm taking Portugal. He's going to continue his trophy domination, 
and add his what? Ninth Dan, you would trunk. love to be the guy that rubs hot <laughs> oil on his chiseled butt. You would love to be his cabana boy. Dude, okay. You want me to go over the trophies? But okay. that was that That's was a shameless for all. I can't think of anyone else who is as electrifying as this kid. I think the men's national team pulls it together under Bruce. Um, I think they qualified. Unfortunately, I don't really have high expectations for the for the World Cup, but one one step at a time. The whole reason for the Bruce hiring was to qualify, and that's where I think where we're going to go. All right, that does it for us. U.S. Men's National Team Special Edition uh, DTC Podcast. Uh, Joe, formally apologizing for the audio quality on this one. Not sure what happened to the internet in Springfield, Virginia. But once again, thanks to Dan. Thanks to John. Thanks to LP. USA, baby. U.S.A.